Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Awaken Me podcast. I'm Scott, and I am here with Miss Anna Dirksy. And let me tell you a time when I was first getting to know Anna, actually. We were going on a missions trip. Actually, we were going to get ready to go on a missions trip, and we were going on a scouting trip. Anna, do you remember that? I do remember that. That was fun. That was maybe like two weeks into my time at St. Andrews. Exactly. You had been there for two weeks. I really didn't know you, but we go to Mexico together. In fact, you were in the other car. And if I remember right, Julie, who is your driver, because uh, you work in our serve department where we do kind of missions and outreach, and she got you there very quickly, and you may very or may not have been concerned for your life. Uh, and uh, okay. and we went to dinner that night uh, with a group of us. And while at dinner, we started talking about the Enneagram. And if I remember right, you're a nine on the Enneagram. I am. I have indeed. Tell me, tell me what that's like. Um, it's like a lot of things. Um, but I would say that one of the things people say about the nines is that they have a hard time making decisions. And while I think that's true in like a lot of areas of my life, yeah, like is, big decisions. Is that true for you? What? Yeah, is that true for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on this making decisions thing, one of the ways that I think it was like most tangible was my senior year of college when I was living with one of my best friends who was also a nine on the Enneagram. And she'd be like, oh, Anna, what do you want to go out to eat? It'd be like a Friday night or something. We're like looking for something fun to do. It's like, oh, like, let's go get, like, let's go get food. Let's go do something fun. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, where do you want to eat? She'd be like, well, I don't know. Where yeah. do you want to eat? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. Like, where do you want to go? And we would just go like back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then we'd like finally find a place to eat. We'd be like, okay, great. Like, I don't know. Let's go get Thai food. So we'd go. We eat Thai food. We get back to our apartment. We'd be like, oh, like let's watch a movie. Like, oh, what movie do you want to watch? I don't know. What movie do you want to watch? And we would just like repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. So like, there's yeah, a lot okay. of ways the Enneagram applies to my life. But I think so that like, there's your nine one coming is, out. Like, what? There's your nine coming out. That's my. Whereas nine I'm an eight. Out. We yeah. actually we actually tend to get along rather well. I think for me being an eight and you mm-hmm. being a nine. All right, so our journey with us knowing each other started in Mexico, and uh, several months later, we've gotten to know each other a little better, and actually, what we're talking about today is time, and the interesting thing about that is the other day, you and I were talking about time and the Greek idea, and there's a lot in there. Would you kind of start diving us into what what some of your thoughts are there, because I think it's really relevant to what we're encountering today in all, our culture. Yeah, so a year ago, when I was a senior in college, I was spending all of my time writing um, senior thesis projects, and one of the ones that I did for my Bible class was about the idea of a chronos time, so I like, here, scratch that, scratch that, one of them was about a kairos time, and so one of the things that I thought was super fascinating that I learned from research was this thing called the kairos document that comes out of South Africa. And in, like, the 1980s, at, like, the end of the apartheid, like, regime, which is this whole era of history in South Africa that's not, like, super important right now. But part of what I was finding when I was researching all of this was that, like, in ancient Greece, there were sort of, like, two concepts of time. There was chronos time, which meant, like, time that moved, like, sequentially. Uh, so chronos, the Greek word for chronos is where we get our English word chronological. Um, okay. Makes sense. So it just like moves forward. And then the other idea was Kairos time, which is not necessarily chronological, but is more like a set aside, um, like a set aside time period. 
Okay, so we have this idea of time that kind of you were studying. What does that have to do with us today? Why should any of us care that the Greeks thousands of years ago had two different ideas of time, or as we kind of have one word for it? Yeah, so one of the things that I think you really lose in the English idea of it is that there's more to time or more to history than just like the chronological progression of it. So what's really neat to me about this Kairos time is that it indicates like a like a special time where something is going on in the world that is sort of abnormal, um, where God wants to do something and God wants to move. Um, and I think as we look at the world today with everything happening with the coronavirus and like the state of the world, like I think that to me at least, like it looks like we're in a Kairos time. So like, as I've been thinking about that the past few weeks, like what's really coming to my mind is like, well, what, like, why is this happening on the one hand? But then, like, what is God wanting to do in this, like, special set-aside time? Okay, so I, I like that, that this isn't just a period for us to survive and just try to get through it, but there can be a moment here that we really lean into. And I find that actually interesting because of my own personal studies. I've been thinking about how uh, this is the first time in human history that the entire world has had one unified enemy, you know, that being the coronavirus. And what could God possibly do through that that would bring about hope for people in the face of, of kind of tragedy, in the face of pain and suffering? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think that's a super good question. And I know, especially as we like think about, like for me, at least on the one hand, thinking about like what my role in the church is right now. And so like what the church is called to do, like that's really interesting. Like how do we step into that space and like stand in the gap for people who have needs and um, like where does God want to meet them in this time? And like, how can we help with that basically? Um, but then even in my own like personal life, it's I think a question um, of like, okay, so like I am now in a different place than I was. Like I'm in Modesto, California, not Newport Beach, which is like a wild time. Um, which means it's sort of like my opportunities now look different than they did just a month ago or like, I don't know, you know, three weeks ago. Um, so I think even like in that sense, it's like, okay, so now I have like different opportunities than I did. Um, and I know it's been, like, a process for me to be, like, oh, no, like, this sucks. Like, this is hard. Like, I don't get to see any of my friends anymore. Like, I don't get to do any of the things that I want to do. I haven't bought coffee at a coffee shop in, like, three weeks. That's one of my favorite things. Oh, my gosh, I'm saving so much money. Um, but now it's, like, instead of sort of, like, sitting in that spot, I'm, like, oh, everything is sad. Like, oh, what do I do now? Like, nothing but it was. I think there's, like, a time and a place for that. But now it's, like... Let's talk about a little more because I think think people can get uh, kind of stuck in their routines or stuck in a set of emotions that that spirals them downward. And kind of we've talked a lot about uh, like the mind and how our minds process information and how toxic thoughts produce more toxic thoughts. And that that slowly destroys our brains. And so you're talking about time and kind of seizing the day. how how have you avoided drifting down into just kind of the abyss of of anxiety or depression or just nothingness and kept focus on, hey, th- there's the kingdom of God here, and there's a role that he has called you to play in the midst of all this? Yeah, one of the things that I have tried to do um, is, like, practice a lot of gratitude. Um, so I know 
for me, it's easy to sort of like get in my head and be like, oh, like this is rough or like this. I was, I was texting a friend today. All this happened today. I was texting a friend and I said, oh man, it's like raining outside. I'm like listening to sad music. Like I'm just like, ah, oh. it's just like the mood. Just it's just in sad. the blues. I was like, oh man, like you got the music, like the rains in the window, yeah. like drinking uh-huh. a coffee. It's, it's like yeah. steamy. And like, you got the picture. Um, but then, so like after that, he was like, you need to like stop doing that. Like go, like don't do that anymore. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so at lunchtime, I like sort of like took a little break and it had stopped raining. And so I was like, oh, you know, like I'm going to go for like a little walk. My parents live in the country. And so we have like some pastures like down over there. Um, so like took our dog. I'm like, oh, like I'm just going to like go for a little walk, like stretch my legs. Uh, but like while I was on this walk, I was like, oh, like, wow, look at this. Like the frogs are croaking. Like our dog was having like a, a blast. He was just like tromping around to the grass. I was like, oh, it's like the air is fresh. Like it's just rain. So it's like everything's clear. Like, oh, smell the leaves. I was like, oh, man, like, God, thank you. Like, thank you for this space and like for this time. Um. So I think things like that are things that I want to practice more. And, like, that helped me sort of, like, shift my attention from, like, oh, oh, like, it's sad. Like, like in my head to more, like, oh, no, like, God, thank you for the things that you've done. And, like, into, like, a praise and worship mindset. Mm, so the the idea of gratitude as a as a marker for you to take ownership of the time you have. and. Yeah. And really assigning your time more diligently rather than letting life passively happen. You're kind of actively taking the reins. And I really like that because I feel like so oftentimes we as humans can get into patterns of letting time happen to us as opposed to trying to be intentional with the time that we've been given. Yeah, and that's where this whole idea even comes back into play where you're like, do you sort of just like move through time like chronos, chronology, like you just sort of like let it happen to you? Or do you say, oh, no, like, God has given me an opportunity, like a Kairos moment, and, like, what am I going to do, and what is God calling me into? Yeah. In the New Testament, Paul kind of plays with these ideas in the in, the, in terms of time and how things work out. Uh, did your studies break any of those passages down where Paul breaks down this idea of time where he talks about it? So maybe not Paul, but, like, one of the places it's mentioned is in Mark one fifteen, where it says, uh, okay. the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And that was actually talking about John the Baptist and his birth, and then sort of, like, sort of, you know, John the Baptist sort of, like, came before Jesus and, like, prepared the way and all of that. This whole thing Got it. So he's saying this about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yes, he sort of, like, starts with John the Baptist, and then, oh, look, like, Jesus is here. Like, John prepared the way. Um so that sort of like speaks to like a Kairos being ushered in. There's like a time and like a like a time that was going to be fulfilled. Um, Got it. So Jesus was here for three years of like Kronos time, or thirty three years rather on the earth. But when he came, what we have in Mark here is this Kairos of there's there's a moment that something different is happening that mm-hmm. the kingdom of God is coming. I kind of like that. So what would be your what would your parallel to our modern day and what you you're experiencing, what God's kind of speaking to you on. Hmm. I think one of the things I've noticed in this time is just how like everything is stood still. So it's like that it, we sort of had like life before the coronavirus, and now it's like in the coronavirus, and those two things to me are like distinctly different. Um, you know, things are canceled, people are at home, like schedules look completely different. Um, and there's almost, like, in a sense to me, like, a, on the one hand, like, a stillness, or like, a calming for a lot of people and, like, the way that their lives look. On the other hand, I mean, and there are people whose lives are, like, exponentially busier now, like, anyone in the medical 
world or like in any sort of law enforcement, right? Sure, sure. So there's like a difference. And I would say even that like the Kairos moment for those people probably looks a lot like, like, oh, God has called me into this profession and now it's time to step up. And I think if you're in a time where your life suddenly looks a lot calmer, um, it's like almost, I mean, like the calm before the storm, like the quiet time before, like where God might prepare you for something. It's almost like, okay, take a deep breath. Now, like, think about what God is going to usher into your life because of this, like after this. Yeah, I like what you're saying there because it, it's the coronavirus is a like a chronos, like we're in it. It won't be forever. It's here right. uh, and it will go away. But um, the idea of this chronos that or the Kairos, that God is God is wanting to move and God is wanting to do something. I mean, I feel that strongly where mm-hmm. it's today is the day and God is moving it. Like even the early church, the early church was persecuted, terrible. But because they're persecuted, they spread all over the world. And I'm looking, churches are having to shut down, terrible. But now they're going online. And because they're going online, the gospel is going literally to the ends of the earth. And, and you just start thinking about what the implications could be and I'm sat in amazement saying, okay, God, I want to be part of whatever you're doing. I don't just want to take this time to sit and watch on Netflix, but I want to be part of this this Kairos moment. And so my question each day when I wake up is, is God, let my time not be what I want to do with it, but God, how do I lean into what you're doing in the world around me? And that's kind of, as you're talking, like that's what I reflect on in terms of my prayer and how I've been motivated even in the past week to to get in the game. I look at God, I'm like, put me in coach. Like I want to do something. Yeah. Well, and I think even if you're in a place where you say, oh, man, like, things are canceled, like, life's really hard right now, like, oh, my grandma is sick, like, maybe with the coronavirus, and Mm -hmm. even if times are, like, heavy and dark right now, and you have questions for God, like, I would say the, like, a a second part of what you're talking about is that often you see, like, deserts in the Bible, so, or, like, people go away for 40 days, or, like, Jesus does this often. Yeah, that's a great point. Happens Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. And Scott, I think you had said to me at one point, like in the fall sometime, like, oh, often before like a really, a really fruitful season of ministry, there's like a desert time where things are heavy and dark. And you're like, yeah, what's totally. that up to? You see all these characters in the Bible go through these desert experiences on their way to to God using them. Because I, I don't feel like there's something that we learn in these desert times that, mm-hmm. that forces us to draw into God. Mm-hmm. So I think if you find yourself in either of those two places, either like, put me in coach, or like, God, what are you up to? Like, what's going on? Like, I think God will use you in either of those times or in those mm, seasons. I like, I really like that because it's not so much as a, a a matter of everyone having to think the same or everyone having to be like, hey, I need to do something, but rather it is, it is God, how do I be available to what you're trying to do in me. And that'll look different for all of us. But if we each open our hand and say, okay, God, here's what I have in my hand. And it might even be my dysfunction and my pain, but opening our hand to God in this time, who knows what could happen? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I think in like whichever camp you find yourself in, like, I think there's really exciting things on the horizon. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, I can't like tell what God is up to, but like, I know that there's like something coming next. That will be really cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, thank you, Anna, for joining us today. Oh, and uh, thank, well, thank you for joining me and thank you for joining us yeah, uh, on our episode. And we hope you have a fantastic day leaning into what it is for this season for you and what God wants you to do with the time that he's given you for such a time as this. Amen. Have a fantastic day.
Thanks, you too.